Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Businessweek contributor Jonathan Franklin rode along with park rangers in South Africa. They spend their days and nights trying to stop poachers who kill endangered rhinos for their horns. A single rhinoceros horn can be worth $40,000 or more on the black market. Ground into powder, it's used for traditional medicines in China and Vietnam. Or kept intact, a contraband trophy for wealthy people to put on display. If it keeps up like this, poachers will wipe out rhinos altogether. I would ask them, you know, how long have you been a ranger? And they would say 30 years. And I remember one of the guys said, when I first became a ranger, we were always so worried because the animals were thirsty. And I said, and now? And he said, we've got guns, we're more like soldiers. It's gone from being like a joy to conserve the rhinos to a war to protect them. But keeping up with poachers is not easy. So the rangers are now taking an unexpected approach. I'm Wes Kosova. Today on The Big Take, if you can't beat them, join them. So when I arrived in South Africa's Greater Kruger Park, it's about five and a half million acres, and I'm in the back of a Jeep, and we're kind of bouncing across the savanna looking for rhinos. And it's kind of this whole caravan of people that are all hunting for a rhino. And what's so crazy is you can't find any rhinos. The people Jonathan is riding around with aren't poachers. They're park rangers who chase down the animals in hopes of saving their lives. People would say, you know, 10 years ago, this never would have happened. You could always find the rhino. Some people have binoculars. Some people are expert trackers. So they're also looking for tracks. And we look and we look and nobody can find a rhino. So I convinced the helicopter crew to let me go up with them because there was a helicopter here that was also going to be part of the team. So we get in the helicopter and it's the pilot, myself, and a veterinarian with a long gun. And from up in a helicopter, we still can't find it. Like we're literally like corkscrewing around, going probably 100 feet off the ground, at most 200, like really zipping along the tree line. And then sometimes we pause and you see zebras everywhere. You see giraffes, you see herds of elephants. Uh, sometimes you can see lions by these, by these water holes, but we can't find any rhinos. And it takes us about four or five loops around this big corner of Kruger National Park. and. We're zipping this way and that way, and it's all spectacular, but the pilots are kind of muttering, where's the rhino, where's the rhino? And then finally, they spot a mom rhino with a calf, and we hover just above it, and they're looking through binoculars because they need to know, do these rhinos have horns? And they confirm that both rhinos have horns, and that means that they're gonna shoot them. But not shoot them with bullets. Instead, the veterinarian loads up his rifle with a heavy-duty tranquilizer. Two shots later, and there are two drowsy rhinos. The jeeps that have been following along speed up to get close to the animals. 
and the helicopter comes to a quick stop and basically the veterinarian is running through this grass and this grass is pretty high. It's probably like waist high and it's full of these weird, huge yellow spiders called golden orbs. The rhino's now been darted and it hasn't tipped over yet. We're about 10 meters away from the rhino. It's quite slowed down. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's moving a little bit, but it's uh, about to topple over. And one of the first things they have to do is load the eyes with eye drops because it turns out that if you sedate a rhino, it leaves its eyes open, doesn't blink. And the first time they did these operations, the rhinos all went blind. So there's all sorts of very, you know, timely and life-saving or life-threatening procedures going on between the veterinarian team and the two rhinos. Then comes one of the probably the, mo the most kind of disheartening or kind of terrifying aspects of this is that a guy starts up, sometimes they use a chainsaw. And so with these saws, they fire them up and they kind of brace themselves and they very slowly lean into the horn and you can just see the horn getting eaten away. And it, so there's chips of this rhino horn flying around. It smells kind of weird. It kind of smells like almonds or nuts as this whole thing is going down. Within 30 seconds, they've sawed off the horns and they take the horns and they immediately take a Sharpie and they put a, like a code number on it, almost like a, like a serial number. These are immediately passed to a man with a pistol and he's the security guard. And immediately these horns are highly sought after and dangerous to have. You know, if you have rhino horns on you, you're in South Africa these days, you are ripe for an assault. So these horns are immediately going to kind of a security custodial person who's armed. They've got more guns in the car, they've got padlocks. So there's a whole security team here that within seconds takes possession of these horns. The actual sawed off horn gets a hole drilled in it and gets a microchip in it and it gets a code. It's almost like a valuable diamond. Each individual horn has its own code, its own log. You know, it's almost looks like a medical file, all the paperwork on each remaining horn. That horn is then placed in special vaults. You can get rhino horn insurance if you have it at a vault at your house, which is not recommended at all. It's really dangerous to have rhino horns at your home because it might be robbed. So you have these special companies that transport and store rhino horns for you. And we're seeing that the government has their stockpiles, the private individuals have their stockpiles, the conservation groups have their stockpiles. In South Africa, they don't destroy it. In some countries, they would destroy, you know, burn tusks and burn horn. For now, they're being stockpiled, and it's extremely dangerous because there's often assaults on these warehouses. Clearly, a lot of effort and care goes into removing the rhino's horn without harming the animal. And a rhino without a horn has no value to a poacher. This was the big breakthrough. Instead of chasing poachers, the rangers started chasing what the poachers are after, the horns themselves. Getting to the horn before the poachers do is key, because poachers who spot a horned rhino don't bother with the helicopters and tranquilizers and the eye drops. In the wild, when the poachers come, they kill the rhino by shooting bullets into his head and they chop off the horn and that's that. What happens now is the environmentalists and the conservation groups are all, they call it the horn trimming. Remember that helicopter you heard just a bit ago? Bruce McDonald is one of its pilots, and Jonathan spoke to him during his field reporting. It was almost inconceivable. It is. Um, and, and the thing is, it, it's not a once-off operation. You know, you'll, you'll dehorn an animal, and 18 months to two years down the line, you've got to redo that animal because the horn does grow back. 
which becomes a cost thing as well. It gets expensive to do this. There's helicopters, there's aircraft, there's uh, vets involved, there's security companies. It, it's in a fully-fledged operation, which all costs money. So it's not a once-off. It's not the silver bullet, but it certainly does help. And if this is going to buy us time, well, then we're going to keep doing it. And this worldwide illegal trade in rhino horns has just decimated rhino populations around the world. Because of the uh, the rhino trade is focused in Asia, what we've seen is a full-on extinction of certain species in Asia, and now the attacks coming to South Africa. Tens of thousands of rhinos have been poached. You know, the northern uh, white rhino is down to two females, which obviously cannot breed. The southern white rhino is down to maybe 15,000. We're talking from 50, 60,000. The populations are just plummeting, and every year, we're seeing 10, 15, almost 20% of the rhinos be wiped out per year. The rhino population in Kruger Park is down by 78% over the last decade. So you had thousands and thousands. Now it could be as little as 2,200 rhinos still left. There's even talk that the poachers say, if we kill every last one, then the price of the horn will go through the roof because then it's a commodity that's no longer around. So there's this battle to save these last few thousand rhinos. As we've heard, that battle is being waged in large part by park rangers. A job that used to mean a background in biology now requires a whole different skill set. Jonathan also spoke with Thierry Chukanyuka. He's a specialist training officer at the Southern African Wildlife College. That's a training ground for new rangers. The poacher these days, um, poachers are not more sophisticated. They've become more militarized. So with the rangers, we, we've also adapted to militarize rangers, to train them as military, but not as full military, but in a paramilitary fashion, so that they can also what? They can be able to, to combat the poachers and uh, try to also decrease. Poaching will never be finished, but it can be decreased. After the break, who are the poachers willing to take these big risks? Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 
So we know that poachers are decimating rhino populations, but who are the poachers? The poaching gangs are a real mixture of locals who are hired to do the dirty work. And these locals tend to be poor people who live along the western border of Kruger National Park. If you think of Kruger National Park, there's 2,600 rhinos left, and there's 2.6 million pretty poor people along the border. So you could say there's, you know, a thousand poor people for every rhino. And so the whole odds against the rhino surviving are really influenced by the basic economic realities of this. One rhino horn could give you as much money as you'd make in a lifetime. I calculated that, you know, a pound of rhino horn was basically three or four years wages. And what they do with the horn is they then pass it off because you don't just kill a horn and then find a buyer. This whole operation begins with somebody who's a middleman. This is somebody who's going to organize and set up the, the logistics of killing the rhino. And then that same person will be the one that will get it, smuggle it out of the country and pass it to the next uh, handler who will usually be in Southeast Asia. So the typical operation would cost, I don't know, six, $8,000 because they have to uh, bribe somebody inside the park because it's almost always from inside information that a rhino is poached. It's not somebody wanders in the park looking for a rhino, especially today when there's so few rhinos left. So the poaching organizations need to find somebody inside the park where they can bribe. There are penalties in South Africa for those convicted of poaching, but it's not too often that someone actually gets caught. And in a lot of cases, the rewards far outweigh the risks. There was a recent report that said so many insiders are working with the poaching gangs that the rhinos and the animals are being killed by guns that are stashed inside the park. They found baboons playing with guns. They found the elephants playing with the guns. There's all these guns stashed in the park, and those guns are then used by the team that's been alerted. You know, come in Thursday, take out the rhino, and then the rhino horn is smuggled out often by a park employee goes to Cape Town, and then probably goes to Mozambique, and from Mozambique over to Southeast Asia. This is not like a fly-by-night operation. This is sophisticated gangs, the same kind of people that could move, you know, kilos of cocaine. And if the promise of money isn't enough to make a ranger turn a blind eye, the poachers sometimes resort to threats. What we're finding is that dozens and dozens of uh, rangers inside Kruger have been implicated in collaboration. And it's not always because they're just looking for the money. A lot of times they get death threats. So somebody might come to a park ranger in Kruger and say, I want you to look the other way on Thursday, or if not, I might kill your wife and your kids. Or they might say, we know there's rhinos in section six on Thursday. Don't go anywhere near section six. Stay away from section six. We'll deal with the rhino. If not, we'll deal with you. So there's all sorts of heavy duty intimidation by which the public employees and the conservation folks inside Kruger get their arms twisted to work with the poaching gangs. I spent weeks traveling with rangers inside Kruger National Park and in Greater Kruger Park, and the rangers are risking their life every day. Last year in Africa, 100 rangers were killed, uh, most of them shot. Unfortunately, the reason they actually found out about this story is that one of the most beloved and honest rangers in all of Kruger was murdered in July of 2022. He wouldn't take bribes, so the poaching gangs threatened him. They warned him to the extent that he moved his family, he had to hide his children, and his name was Anton Mazimba, and he was a longtime ranger, 30 years, about to retire, and 
he was at his house when a team of assassins came and pretended like their car broke down and they asked him for water to fix their radiator. And when he came back, they shot him repeatedly. They shot his wife. His wife survived, but Anton Mazimba, and this is less than a year ago, was murdered because he wouldn't take bribes from the rhino poachers. And that sent a shockwave through all the rangers because, you know, he had met with Prince William recently in England. He's the star of a movie called Rhino Man that's coming out. This is about as close as you get to being like a celebrity ranger for somebody protecting rhinos. And so if they could take out Anton, it made the feeling that maybe they could take out anybody. Here's helicopter pilot Jerry McDonald. And in fact, he's the twin brother of Bruce McDonald, the helicopter pilot we heard from earlier. It, it affected everyone really badly, and we didn't realize just how close we were to Anton. Um, we're working with him daily, you know, um, we do a lot of the work with him. And unfortunately, this is a new modus operandi that these um, syndicates are starting to use. They intimidate the field rangers, um, so when they go home, they're not safe. They actually feel threatened when they go home. You speak to any of the field rangers, they, they don't feel comfortable when they're on leave um, because it's happened to one of their brothers, and they feel it's going to happen to them. Park rangers are putting their lives on the line for these animals, and that requires a connection to the landscape and to the wildlife that few South Africans who live outside the park ever get to experience. And you have these people going on these expensive safaris to see the big five, which is that you've got, you've got the buffalo, you've got the rhino, you've got the elephant, you've got the leopard, you've got the lion. But two kilometers away, you know, a 10-minute drive across the park borders, you've got tens of thousands of people living in houses that barely have water, that have a tin roof. The unemployment is about 40%. And a lot of these people have never seen any of the animals. You don't have animals outside of Kruger very much. You see some monkeys and baboons, but to see the elephants, to see the giraffes, to see the, the herds of impala going around, you have to be in the parks. And there's this complete disconnect for most of the African folks who live near these parks where they've never had an opportunity to go in the park. And so we're just now seeing some really innovative programs by which the park wardens are taking their rangers into the community. They're going to the classrooms. They're bringing the kids into the parks. And we're starting to see thousands, if not tens of thousands of kids be introduced to the wildlife that's their own backyard. But for many years, there was a complete disconnect. Now that people are trying to stitch the community into the understanding of what a healthy ecosystem looks like, there's all sorts of opportunities. But the question is, is it too little too late? Jonathan spoke to another group of people who hope that it isn't too late. And they're also trying to protect the rhinos in an unconventional way. Because of the rhino poaching, different rangers and different park wardens throughout Greater Kruger have coming up with different strategies because it's just heartbreaking. These people will have 10 rhinos on Friday and Monday they only have seven left. So Craig Spencer, a conservationist in South Africa, came up with a concept called the Black Mambas. And what he did was he trained local women to be trackers. He trained them to use firearms. He trained them to be in great shape so they could patrol. He trained them to run security. And then what he did is he sent out these all-women groups of all local women, and he put them on staff, and he had them patrol the lines with no guns, just walkie-talkies, and all this knowledge of the local community. And what Craig Spencer figured was that if we had local women both inside the fence patrolling and outside the fence where they live and they have a lot of contacts with the community, 
he could make a bridge towards understanding the kind of damage that poaching does and the value that animals have. For example, right away, all these women are being paid as part of the conservation mission. And the Black Mambas have a program called the Bush Babies, where they go into the local schools and they teach kids about the importance of conservation. They take those children, they bring them into the park. They kind of use the children as ambassadors into the community for anti-poaching messages. And they hear a lot in return. They're in the schools, they talk to the teachers, they talk to the local policemen, they're wandering around. So they're also an informal intelligence agency that's getting gossip and notes and hearing things about, you know, who all of a sudden built a new second story in their house. Dr. Joseph Akori is a biodiversity and conservation specialist at the Southern African Wildlife College, and he sees the important role that local residents can play in conservation. So what do we do in terms of safeguards? One of our first lines of defense is the communities around us. They are our eyes and ears. So community engagement is very important to know our situational awareness around our protected areas. So they're both kind of this low-level intelligence group, but they're also a patrol group and their community outreach. And these are the kind of like very novel efforts that I thought kind of show both the desperation and the ingenuity of what's happening here. The organized crime is so greased and so well-funded that it's created a counter-effect where different rangers in different parts of Kruger are coming up with local strategies. And the Black Mambas are an example of one way in which poaching in that part of Kruger has gone way down. When we come back, can anything more be done to save these wild rhinos? Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So, Jonathan, what is the long-term answer here? This elaborate game of whack-a-mole between conservationists and poachers, I suppose, could go on forever, but it doesn't seem really like a solution. Well, one of the things that kept on coming up over and over again while reporting this story in South Africa, and especially inside Kruger, was this idea that focusing on the number of rhino was kind of ridiculous. People mocked me many times when I would just, like, how many rhino are left? How many years longer? What they said to me is, Jonathan... The important thing is the amount of habitat we have for rhino. 
the rhino itself is actually pretty resilient, doesn't have any natural enemies. They breed fairly easily, but only if they have the habitat. So they said, you might want to consider measuring how many hundreds of thousands of acres of habitat are we saving every year? Because there was a more of a, of a sense of stitching together what's left of the South African ecosystems into corridors or habitat. So there was a lot of efforts by people to turn farmland into habitat, to turn abandoned lands into habitat. The only way the rhino is going to survive is it has more habitat and habitat that's integrated. So I think that although few people think the rhino will be poached to extinction, it's kind of be poached into a semi-wild status where, you know, if your individual rhino has a bodyguard or if you have a 100,000-acre section of Kruger Park and there's only eight rhinos left there. I mean, yes, there's rhino, but the rhino as we know it is kind of the, the survival of a, you know, massacre that's gone on off and on for a couple hundred years. So it's really hard to understand what is going to be a viable population by which we can have wild rhino on Earth that have some sense of behaving like wild rhino and not just... You know, the rhinos that are in zoos in Australia and the United States and in, you know, Mexico. Some advocates have said that legalizing the trade in rhino horns could be one answer. But Jonathan says it's complicated. There's many different proposals to protect rhinos. And one of them is the idea that a legalized trade in rhino horn would create so much money that it would then pump money into habitat protection, into rhino conservation, into overall biodiversity survival strategies. The theory there is that rhino are being poached to the edge of extinction. There's been a ban on rhino horn for decades, and all we've seen is the rhino populations get crushed and crushed and crushed. Whatever we're doing now is clearly not working. Jonathan Franklin, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us questions or comments to bigtake at bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of The Big Take is Vicki Virgolina. Our senior producer is Catherine Fink. Rebecca Chasson is our producer. Our associate producer is Sam Gabauer. Rafael Amsili is our engineer, with additional production assistance from Magnus Henriksen, Nayeli Jaramillo-Plata, and Abrea Ruffin. Our original music was composed by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We'll be back tomorrow with another Big Take. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.